the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Selma. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Episode 152. Eric, how are you? I'm 152 times good. Ooh. I am 10 to the 152nd power good. If you say so. I am. That's a lot I, of zeros. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can do that math. I mean, it's zeros, many zeros. If you say so. I do say so. Hey, Handsome Ice, how you guys doing out there? We have a great show for you today. I have foreseen the future, and this is a good show. You really you broke out the Ouija board for that, huh? Actually, I do the thing where you put your hand to your forehead, and you close your eyes, and you concentrate. You mean having a migraine? A migraine? Yes, I did. Okay. Well... I'm sorry. That sounds painful. It's better now because I have a Rockstar Energy Drink Pure Zero <laughs> Fruit Punch. Contains no juice. It would be heartbreaking if it if it ever contained juice. There is some that do contain a small amount of juice. They like contain five percent juice. Well, don't don't buy those. Those those rock stars aren't your friends. They have a lot of sugar in them. That's why I don't buy them. Um. We are discussing the middle portion of Transmetropolitan for Nerd Boy Book Club later on. We are going to discuss hip-hop and Pokemon, Mm -hmm. like you do. But first, we have to read and just, well, not read. I always say read. Review (laughs) comics that came out this very week. This very week, Eric. To be fair, we had to read them. Had to. Must. It's a need. Mm -hmm. It is time for Wiggly Flabbies. Weekly Flabbies is the power show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five in order from least amount of mushiness to most amount of mushiness. Eric. Hey there, buddy. Hey, our first book is Batman number two. I had the credits open and then I decided to stop because I'm an idiot. Written <laughs> written by Tom King, pencils David Finch, Matt Banning and Danny Meeky on inks, Jordi Belair on colors, John Workman on letters. Um, got some Solomon Grundy in here. Always a weird choice. I mean, it, it, it weirded me out when he was in that, that, uh, well, that Tim Sale book. And there you got Tim Sale drawing him. Mm-hmm. So all he does is say that poem and get beat up. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a very sad man. <laughs> That's what kind of what happens to Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yeah. Just, doesn't have a lot going for him. He says that poem and gets beat up. But I think, I mean. He's that- just like a super strong homeless guy. <laughs> I mean, leave Solomon Grundy alone. He can't help it. So he what? Was, he's gonna trample some dude. He was gonna, he was gonna kill the non-hulk hulked out homeless yeah. dude. Just let them have their culture. <laughs> Who are we to judge? Um, but this is this issue kind of just is showing uh, us Batman kind of slowly trying to gain trust with the with Gotham and Gotham Girl, the two new Supermen, as he calls them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sh- and and introduce them to to old Pushbroom himself, James Gordon. 
Well, Jim Gordon, not James Gordon. Oh, excuse me. Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. And just remember, don't confuse Barbara Gordon and Barbara Gordon either. <laughs> you mean Babs and Barbara? And Barbara and yes, Babs? That's, that is who I mean. Good God. <laughs> it's not very creative. The Gordon the family is very much like, hey, what's my name? Yeah. It's also yeah, exactly. my son's name. What's my, they just keep going. Uh, this is still very good. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm surprised that Tom King is still a great comic book writer. I'm, and I'm really enjoying, I wasn't when I, how do you, what do you feel about the design of Gotham and Gotham Girl? Those costumes. Um, it seems like a bunch of very odd choices. Like Gotham is very kind of jack booty, you know? Like, it's kind of between Captain America and, like, Nazi Uberman. It, it reminds it's, me a lot of uh, the old, the very, very old Superman mm-hmm. design. I get that. I don't remember ever seeing him with, like, you know, like, super tight chinos on. And, no, like, a no. weird, weird, like, tunic with a belt. Yeah, it's very medieval, almost. I was I was reading it more as uh you know World War II uniform but That's true. I I kind of get what you're going after with that like it looks like the 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 arm plates they look like they look like like their plate mail or or, or ring mail or something it it does it it feels like they aren't of mm-hmm. this of the DC universe they feel like they were transplanted here and I think I guess that's what they're going for honestly they feel like outsiders Mm-hmm. So mission accomplished. I suppose so. I don't know. I, I, it's grown on me. I like it more than I did when I first saw it. What the design? Yeah, their costumes. Mm. I, I thought they were fine before. I think I'm they're they're eking over the halfway point of like so. <laughs> I don't know. Art still looks good. Still like David Finch's art in this. Mm-hmm. And this is and this book is a lot less action in that first issue. So and it still manages to. Uh, a lot less surfing on planes. A lot less air surfing on planes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a bye. This is a good book. It is a really good book. I this is this is one of my favorite Gordons. They can draw a handsome mustache. That's important. It really is. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. Double all bye. In. Batman number two. Our next book is Green Arrow number two. Hey, the credits are in there in that floating in the water. <laughs> Why would you just throw them in the water like that? I know, that's, that's not very nice. People worked hard for that. Ugh. Story by Benjamin Percy, Otto Schmidt on art and color, Nate Pikos of Blambot on letters. Now you remember how I was uh, a little down on, on Otto last issue? Mm-hmm. He wasn't flexing his art muscles enough. He has uh, He's definitely got me back on board with this one. This one is... Uh, this is the auto that I knew and loved and that it, that it continually impresses the shit out of me. This book is uh, crazy beautiful. It's a really good looking book. It really is. And it is uh, like now, uh, kind of, I mean, within two issues, they've kind of totally created a new status quo for Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. He's he is. I will see how it goes, but I I'm very I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes from here now that he's, I, I kind of always, I don't know, Green Arrow has always been like the, like, mushier Batman to me. Yeah. Like, he has more feelings. Um, but when you take away his money and his power, it makes him, it gives him, a, like, we'll see how, how they, what they do with him, with this, you know, the status. 
Yeah, you you tear him down. Yeah, you have the story of a fall. It's, it's always a always a good shape for a story. Um, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Emmy and um, and and him. That betrayal in the last eps or issue I didn't really see coming, and I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. Yeah, I think that's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. It is, and that, that's it's it, the, the in the first two issues, it, this book is really it has put a lot of chess pieces out and you know, you have multiple different characters all connected in different ways to each other and then interacting with each other in different ways. So you get to see a lot of different interactions and it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this black canary too. They, uh, they're doing a good job with her. I mean, really everyone's handled very well. Nice use of the word symbology. <laughs> I'm a buy. Uh, yeah. Oh um, Yeah. Thank you, Macho Man. No problem. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Double buy on Green Arrow number two. Next up is Justice League Rebirth number one. Hey, Eric, you know the title of this book? Uh, yeah. The one that you just said? No, no, but, like, I guess the title of the story. The title of the story? Let me find it. I I think I've seen it, yes. Fear the Reaper. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to fear the Reaper. No, don't fear. Don't fear him. I know Brian Hitch personally asked me for more cowbell. <laughs> uh, Motherfucker is, loves cowbell. What can I say? Oh, I know. Who knows? Uh, by Brian Hitch. Inks uh, by Daniel Henriquez. Wait, what? Inks by with Scott Hanna. Okay, this is <laughs> colored by Alex Sinclair. Lettered by Richard Starkings and Comic Craft. Whoo! Um, Whoo indeed. Yeah wrestling references on accident uh, yeah, definitely on accident um mm. so intergalactic monster mm-hmm. coming to visit earth basically the end of the avengers with uh some mass effect uh, thrown in there of course of course it, it actually honestly also reminded me of uh jonathan hickman's avengers avenger world stuff mm. i don't think it's nece- like i don't we didn't really read a whole lot of that, uh, did we? No, well, not necessarily that title, but mm-hmm. all his Avengers books. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Batman is very much like, this is a Justice League. This planet is protected by the Justice League. and Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I What do you think of Hitch's art in this? Mm, I do enjoy Brian Hitch, but he's not the kind of person that keeps me awake at night. I thought I did not realize that this was Brian Hitch because I was in such a hurry. I ran over the credits in this. I mean, it explains why it looks as good as it does. But I thought this was someone. I thought this was someone that was coming up that was like you know doing this realistic style. I didn't realize it was someone who's been doing it for twenty years. Um, He'll only be writing the main actual Justice League uh, book with Tony Daniel doing mm-hmm. the drawing. Um, but this is written and drawn by him. Yeah. I just saw I saw a lot of complaints online about the art. There's m- multiple people complaining about it. I think that's asinine. I mean, it just looks like Brian Hitch. I think there's some panels that don't look great, but I mean, I think it's a nice looking book, and it looks like he's really thought through these backgrounds and these scenes. And my complaint know. is certainly not with the art. It, it mm-hmm. is my complaint is with the story. Um, it's a little flat but i it doesn't 
it doesn't make me sick. And I think that that's, that's where my bar has been set for DC for so long that just getting an average story feels pretty okay. Like, oh, well, uh, you know, Batman's acting like a human being. And, <laughs> you know, Wonder Woman isn't like bending over in every other panel or whatever in the shit's happening. Like, I just, it's just, I, I'm just pleased it's not wretched. I, it is not bad, but no, it, almost nothing happens in it. Yeah, like it's a bunch of it's a bunch of flashbacks and scenes told out of sequence for almost no reason. Um, and the whole point of the issue is is Superman going to help the Justice League, and he helps them with this one problem, and then he's like, "We'll see." But it was like, <laughs> what, what? Who? Okay, thanks. I'll be well, around. Yep, I'm still a guy. Hey, remember me? Please buy my comic. <laughs> I, this is not. This is not like I read the that Green Arrow Rebirth book, and I went immediately. I'm gonna buy Green Arrow number one. I wanted to know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And this, I read this, and I went, well, this seems like another Justice League book, but it's not really exciting. Yeah. Uh, I don't, we will probably read Justice League number one. I am not looking forward to it though. You know, I, if it is good, I will be, I will, if it is exciting, I will be surprised. Well, you don't need to buy this. Do not buy, I, this book is, <laughs> there's nothing in it that is necessary to buy. I think maybe if you're a Brian Hitch fan, you'll be picking it up. Other than that, I think, I, I think you're right. I did see the, the two Green Lantern, uh, the two new Green Lanterns and I was like, oh, I, I don't want to kill myself in all these scenes that they're in, unlike their terrible book that we read a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the Odd Couple. Yeah, The Odd Couple. I don't know how The Odd Couple theme song goes, so that's it's, fine. It sounds uh, like that, if you probably better. Let's just, let's just do like 20 minutes of kazoo renditions of terrible t- TV show songs. I, ha- I, ha- I have a kazoo right here. Everyone just stop listening right now. That's Oh, put it away. You're an asshole. Oh god. <laughs> Do not buy Justice League Rebirth number one. That I give it zero kazoos out of ten. I'm gonna drive to Orlando and punch you in the ass. Oh man. Ooh. Dude, I can't wait for you to move to Canada so I I cannot be tempted to come punch you. You can still get here in a day get there in a day. I'm not driving to Canada. I'm not driving to Edmonton. No, you can fly. I still also don't want to do that, but that'll happen eventually. Are, are you a are you a do not buy on this as well? There really is no reason to buy this. This is who is who is hurting for more of this? Who is who is who wants like oh I want a comic book? That's this. This is yeah. Don't buy it, please. <laughs> it's a double do not buy in Justice League Rebirth number one. <laughs> this is really good because this was completely unintentional, but it happened anyway. Uh, it's our first of the two indie books we I chose this week. Uh, both involving intergalactic bounty hunters. Yeah, it 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 bothers me a little bit um, because one is Curtis Weeb. Mm-hmm. I assume it's Weeb and not not like Weeby, like Steve Weeby. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. I don't know either. Where you met the guy? I did at one time. You didn't like. How do you pronounce your weird-looking name? No, I didn't. I did not. This is. It was even before. That was before Rat Queens came out. So. Yeah, it was. It was Peter Panzerfaust. But this guy's like the reason it bothers me. Because I, I think 
Well, let me here. Spoil, let me, spo- let me go, go ahead. Let me, well, first we have this is the first of two intergalactic bounty hunting comic books. The first one is Bounty Number One, uh, script by Curtis Weeb, art Mindy Lee, colors Leonardo Oller. Let's see, letters Nate Picos again. Uh, it says looks like Olia is not Oller. I see O L E A. Oh, okay, that's an A, not R. Okay, Olia. Excuse me. It's a weird font. It does. Oh man, it does look like Oller in on that page. On the cover, it's an A. Oh, okay. I was not looking. So, at it. Yeah. Poor, poor font choice. Uh, but strike one for this comic. <laughs> well, okay. Continue your thought. Well, um, I am Facebook friends with the author. I met her at Heroes Con. Uh, Mags, what's her, what's her last name? Viziano. I, I can't remember. Anyway, Mags is super rad. And spoiler alert, I like her book. Of uh, of the uh, other one, you mean Kim, Kim and Visagio. Kim? Yes, Kim and Kim. Uh, and I bought my copy of Kim and Kim directly from her. Where is it? It's sitting on my side here. But there it is. Yeah, I have an alternate cover edition of Kim and Kim. And I uh, I liked this book a lot more than I was expecting to. What uh, Bounty or Kim and Kim? Oh well, both of them are very good. No, but what Bounty but, first? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm jumping around too much. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about both of them at the same time, but we'll 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 stick with our format. That's be when, stupid. Not when we to. get when we get to Kim and Kim, we can. Yeah, that's fine. But Bounty so is Bounty is two sisters mm-hmm. are intergalactic bounty hunters. Um, and then and there's a time jump involved. Uh, I don't I don't know. It it <laughs> felt a little it felt clunky to me, and I and I had trouble yeah. like it, it's. And we've seen Mindy Lee before, uh, she had drawn Silk, or uh, some issues of Silk that we'd read. Um, she's really goddamn good. Yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's crazy beautiful. I, I don't know. It, it's okay. Uh, like, that's kind of what I got. I, I don't know that I'd call it okay. I mean, I enjoy it. I, it's, it's not Rat Queen's good. Yeah. But it's, it's good. I like the characters. I like the designs a lot and I like the art. And I think that that, for me, puts it over. I don't know that I fall flat on it. I find it interesting. I'm pretty mushy on it. I, that's shocking to me. Um, I enjoy it quite a lot. But, um, it, it just took a, a while to get going. For, it if, does feel like this whole introductory scene, we could have skipped all of it. Like, it doesn't really feel that important or necessary or doesn't really help me understand what's going on. Like, so I, I mean, I get that. I, I like their current day at thing where, where they have a four member team and one of them is dating one of the other and they have like a, mm-hmm. a I, I don't even, the cyber, the hacker character, I guess. Is she, she has a cat. I mean, cats, I'm, I like cats. Um, really? I, yeah, really. I, I know I you, it's hard to hard to believe, noticed. but there's you know that weird thing happens with their bounty, and you get weird em- emoticon man. The exact it, same thing happens in both comics. I know it's very that they they bring in the bounty, and then they're like, "Nope, you don't get paid for this." Yeah. Um. It's, so I, I don't like. I'd be interested to see where this goes. Uh. Like so, I I'm on bounty. I would say like I'm like a four out of no. I'll go three. Three out of five mush. I would, I'm I'm stunned. You even go to three. I I don't feel that mushy about it. I would buy this book just for the art. Okay. Um, do you want to go? I mean, I I I'm a buy. Okay. I right. I like I like the characters and the costumes and the the art is gorgeous. Um, this is not this is not Weeb's best book. No, I I feel like 
it has two things going against it. One is that I like Rat Queens a lot more. Yeah, Rat Queens is is far superior to this. And it came out the same week as Kim and Kim did, which yeah. I feel is a very similar premise. And I like mm. Kim and Kim more. Which yeah, we're gonna get to that. Right? Yeah. Next book. I was is, going to say it is essentially that, but yes. Yeah. It, and the next book is Kim and Kim number one, uh, written by Mags Visaggio, pencils and inks Eva Eva Cabrera. Colors, Claudia Aguirre. Letters, Zach Sam. Edits, Katie Rex. I like that they have their Twitter handle in there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Well, you, you, you gotta do that. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I don't want to... Like, this book seems to, like, cut to the chase quicker. It... Which is what you should fucking do. Yeah. It just <laughs> is... It, it's much faster. It's it's much poppier. I don't know. Like, it... And one of the... like. One of the characters is a trans character, and I, that's inherently, like, interesting, because you don't see it very often, and they're well written, and there's, for how, like, Rat Queens is, like, a funny book, Bounty doesn't come across as very funny to me. This book, like, I actually thought it was, you know, pretty, it was fun and cute. Yeah. Yeah. Buy this instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of Curtis Weeb's book? I would, I'm a buy on this book. I, I, I like oh, yeah. it. Yeah. A lot. I, I mean, I will. I, I will follow both. Although we have not talked about all the issues surrounding Rat Queen, Rat Queens lately. But <laughs> what what other issues are there? Am I missing anything? I don't know what you know. It, there's many. Cont- there's contentious things mm. being said about where it's going, what the art, the plans for the who's going to be the art team in mm-hmm. the future. And Curtis Weeb has continually like been on and off again about writing it. He said, Oh, I need a break to write it. And then he goes and starts another comic book. So I don't. Eh, creative I, people are flakes. What are you going to do? I, I, I mean, I'm like, it's not, but it's the art stuff that is, uh, he can choose, I think it's, he I can would, choose I would, who I would. he wants to be his, the artist on a book that he co-owns. Uh, but it, I don't know. There's a lot of, controversy surrounding it and i don't it i think that's ridiculous well i i don't know i don't know all every well i don't either like it's all it's all it's all hearsay what you described does not sound very controversial no like Like, well people are artists have been promised oh now it's your book you'll have it for the for forever Mm -hmm. basically and then two issues go by and they go no i don't want you anymore and curtis weeb has gone on to say uh that uh you know uh rock up church who got taken off the book after his domestic violence uh, charge. He's said in the past that he will not be put back on the book. He got taken, I mean, like, they agreed to take him off. Yeah. And, but they're still friends, and now there's, you know, people are upset that he might put him on the book, even though he said he won't, and I don't know. You know, I, 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 would, I what's true would and what's not, not. It would not be a smart business decision. I uh, don't think it I, would either, but. I, it would be really, really dumb. I, but who knows what they're gonna do? Uh, I I think Kim and Kim is a lot of fun and just is is different enough from what I expect from this kind of book. Like it is not Bounty is closer to like hey wacky space adventures. What I expect mm-hmm. Kim and Kim is it surprised me more and that makes me more interested in reading it. That so, just is better. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yes, but I mean that's I think that's it, like. It's not that they're discernibly like the, I, I like the art in both, both. I like the writing in both. I f- just think this executes. Bye. I'm bye. Totes. Totes. Got octopus arms. It, it, <laughs> it does have that. Mm-hmm. To give the best hugs. That's what they call it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Double bye on Kim and Kim, number one. 
Do you read anything else this week, Mr. Goodnight? No, I'm really glad I liked Kim and Kim because I, I am, I, I'm, I'm going to share this and I, I, I did not want to talk shit about a, uh, or, or lie. I'm like, yeah, I like this book. No, it's good. No. I, what were I, you, what, it, what was your question? Did I do anything else this week? No, did read you anything else? Read this, anything this else this week? I don't know. I, I don't understand how this podcast works anymore. It's not like we've done 152 episodes. Jesus no, no, Christ. It's very confusing. I'm still an embarrassment. That's the true consistency here. Um, did I read anything else? No. Okay. Just Transmetropolitan. <laughs> well, okay. That's, then you've answered my question. <laughs> I did not either. I had Pokemon to catch. It's important. You, you, you I, I've heard you've got to catch them all. <laughs> you have to. It's important. Yeah, you gotta be the very best. Let's, let's segue into, uh, some, some, into our next segment. It is time for checking. Oh my God. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Listen to, read, played, seen. Recommendations or criticisms of products or things or entertainment. What do you want to talk about first, Eric? You want to get talk about your hip hops? I you want me you want me to talk about my hip hops? I think my, hip, I, my hippity hop music. I think, I think the Pokemon would be more back and forth, so I think your hip hops should be good. Uh, I, I I suppose that's true. We got to see a. Uh, a a, a hip hop and gentleman named uh, Aesop Rock. He is God. He, he is it was just so unreal. I saw him at the State Theater in Saint Petersburg. It is a. We, we, is we venue, seen, has it changed at all? No, zero okay. percent. I, I mean, it is, I was going to say probably. that. Yeah, I was going to say that we've been to. Where do we see Gojira at? I think it was there. Um, we saw some show there together. I know no, it's we not had Gojira. To. Gojira, we saw in Orlando. Really. I, I so? thought that was. I thought we saw. Um, we saw Meshuga in Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we did see Gojira there. I think that is where we saw them. But it's all their concerts are general admission. So I just got there early, got up to the front, hung out there all night. It was kind of incredible. Like I don't know. It's, I got sweated on by by Aesop Rock and Rob Sonic. It was gross and kind of awesome. It was hotter than shit in there. It's yep that that is my memories of the state theater. Yeah, I mean, you get a couple hundred people in that little room. It's already ninety nine degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Put lights on people. It's and, hot as hell, and everyone is moving and drinking. It's true. I I didn't drink a thing. I didn't want to give up my sweet spot. But man, if, if you're obviously familiar with Aesop Rock, right? I'm. I mean, loosely. Kim is uh, my wife. Kim is more of a fan than I am. Uh, she she played him before for me, like when we started dating. And I was, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but I can appreciate his skill. I well, he's. I, it, it would be hard for me to put anyone anyone in hip hop above Aesop Rock. The guy is so effing good. It's crazy good, and I guess that he's more on the the nerdier uh the nerdier sort of side of hip hop and also kind of more influenced by like older sort of New York style hip hop, um, which is more what I trend to anyway. Um God, I just it's unreal seeing him do his songs. Because like a lot of a lot of rappers like, you know, Most Def or uh 
who else is like MF Doom or someone like they just like their their lyrics are so dense and he's definitely kind of of that ilk that like he will just say it's unreal how many words are in an Aesop Rock song and you just feel like someone's read you the dictionary twice after the show it's bananas and I don't I don't to see him perform it is unreal I, I could not believe it was happening in front of me it was just shocking but he was also there with uh, Rob Sonic, who I was not familiar with, and, and I'm now a huge fan of. His albums are really super good. And also uh, Homeboy Sandman, who's he he's not as popular as either of them, but he's very very talented. It's it's nice to see. It's nice to see that hip hop is not all. Uh, I mean, I don't like to single out guys like Lil Wayne, but it's like it's bad pop music to me. I don't I don't care for it every time I hear it. It's it's different. It feels more about, I don't know, craft and good beats and lyricism. It's it's more interesting to me. One of the things about Aesop Rock's lyrics is that they're I won't say they're about nothing, but they're very, very abstract and kind of dreamlike. And that that appeals to me quite a bit but if if you ever get a chance to see him live it's amazing it was a, an excellent show did they have any um live instruments or was it all synthesizers or keyboards or whatever it was um dj zone was doing okay. all the beats right and he was you know he had his laptop there and he did this and that um but he did um i don't know whatever you call it the the live Mi- scratching and live, all that stuff yeah, yeah. Live, live mixing djing yeah he was he was very good. I mean, I I think that it uh, it the, the the MC always gets like all the attention, but yeah. you're you're basically dead in the water without someone who can put some cool backbeats up there. And I I liked this DJ Zone guy; he sounded really good. Like I want to, I definitely want to keep up with him too and see what his solo music sounds like. I would imagine I would enjoy it. Like I know I found I enjoyed. Um, Dan the Automator and, and Kid Koala and um, what his name is. So I think it's R two DJ or R. I, I can never remember the acronym. But if you you're familiar with, do do you know who I'm talking about? Nope, I do not. It's R J D two. Okay, is who I mean, which is weird. But he's also a very ta- uh, uh, a very talented sort of. He's more. He's not really more of. Um, he just sort of makes music in a hip hop style. He's not really a DJ, but anyway, yeah, God, Aesop Rock is nuts. It's so good. <sighs> I had to cool down with two baskets of poutine. How was that? It was good. It was in Saint Petersburg, uh, King Street food, and I brought my Canadian friend so she could be enraged at how it wasn't as good as the the the. the, the she called it the poutine. There's like a there's like a, a lisp you have to put in there to sound appropriately Canadian. Okay, I'll remember that. Yeah, the poutine. So I can so I can uh, blend in. Mm-hmm. You'll have to. Um, but it was the the standard. It's a weird thing, you know. But it's good, you know. I mean, it's potatoes covered in covered in cheese and, and gravy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I had I had two baskets of it because I it it fit my macros. There you go. So. <laughs> yeah this diet's weird <laughs> if it works it works it has worked pretty well there you go the thing that's i mean I, i've lost a reasonable amount of fat 
but uh, mostly like I feel like my, like my muscle mass has gone up like kind of like crazy. It's kind of nuts. <sighs> At least according to my scale. There you my go. Piece of garbage scale. W- one piece of garbage. One one whole piece of garbage. I'm gonna put it in my maker. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing. Okay, Eric. I think I'm done. I don't need to talk about potatoes anymore. I was gonna say, I know you're gonna... a, you're aware of the global phenomenon that is Pokemon Go. Oh my god! It's like I I do want to play it, but I mean Nintendo. Why? Why have you not done this before? It. I will. Uh, I was very. I was hesitant. I don't understand why. I I have not installed it my own self, but there's nothing stopping me. Well, I I was I don't need more time sinks in my life. That's what I was mainly concerned about. Um, but I I've avoided it. It avoids that problem for the most part because it only really works well when you're out. You know, when you're at a place with other, like you're in a park or you're at the store or walking down the street. In your home, it really doesn't work as well. Like, you you have to go visit places if you want new and different Pokemon or you want more Pokeballs and stuff like that. Uh, for those, the, the five people who aren't aware of what Pokemon Go is, uh, it is, it is, it is a, a Pokemon game for your mobile phone. It is, it's on Android and iTunes, iOS. It is, uh, an ARG, uh, you know, augmented reality game where you can walk around and Pokemon will pop up and you flick the screen out uh, and a Pokeball fly, flies at him and you catch him. Gotta catch them all. Has the mm-hmm. original 150. I'm, I imagine they'll add more as they go uh, and probably add more functionality. I know they've said they're going to add trading and stuff. Right now it's, I wouldn't call it a good game. You know, it, I, there's other mobile games I play that are much better games, but the amount of social interaction and like, Literally today, my wife and I walked around our neighborhood catching Pokemon, stopping at the Poke Stops, as they're called, which are basically like they build up all these like gyms and Poke Stops around places that are visited by a lot of people using I I don't know what kind of I guess like shared pictures and check ins at Facebook and stuff like that. There's no you don't see any of that why they chose the places they do, but it's all very popular places. You know, it's like a park where there's a mural, that'd be a, a stop, or the barber shop is a gym. Like it's places that many people go to on a regular basis. And we were walking around area, but we ran into our neighbors who were doing the exact same thing. These are the neighbors that I met the other day the other day. Correct, yes. Who are why I'm not surprised. Exactly. But and we went to a park yesterday and we ran into over a dozen people doing that, just walking around and collecting po and several families doing it with like parents and their children all well, collect- I'm, I'm, I imagine if you have a small child, you're not just gonna let them wander around. No, but I mean like all members of the family were participating. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, hey, the kid is doing it while the parents are just kind of doing their own thing. It's like the parents are have their phones out and the kid has their yeah. phone out. All the all the parents are like my age. Yeah, all nerds. I mean, yeah, I mean they they probably played it when they were like twelve, you know, thirteen, fifteen or sixteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah and I was going to actually recommend it to you as like a good date, like it just to go That's- to a. That's adorable. Go to, like, if you want to take a, a, a similarly nerdy girl out on a mm-hmm. date, you just go to, like, a place, you know, a park or a, 
uh, like a, a main strip somewhere and just walk around and collect Pokemon. And I'll, I will say that one time I took a, a girl out geocaching. That was a bust. That did not go over well. This is as long as you pick a place that has a lot of the Poke stuff in it. Like if there's a lot of people there, I think that is the improvement over geocaching, which it has a lot of similarities with though, but this is automated and it's cleaner and it's, you don't need like access to a special database and Mm -hmm. they're not trying to hide things from you, which is what geocaching is. And (laughs) you won't spend 15 minutes like in one area on your knees, like looking around the bottom of a park bench or something. Uh, but and honestly, like, there's, I, if you go on the Pokemon Go subreddit, uh, there's a lot of memes about people getting exercised that they've never, they've yeah. never had exercise before. Yes. And obviously, people are complaining, like, oh yeah, people are walking where they're, watching where they're going. Well, you still have to be a human. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's advocating, yeah, they should be able to walk in traffic. I'm like, but getting people to do exercise is a good thing, just to walk around. I don't know. It, it's, it is fun. You should do it. Okie dokie. You're not going to? Uh, I'm not going to be in any rush to do it. I have a lot of a lot of work to do, but I'm I'm sure it'll happen eventually. You're gonna get left behind. You know, well, I I'll have to I'll have to live with Kirk Cameron then. <sighs> That's right. You sigh, motherfucker. That hurt my heart. Good. Good. But Pokemon Go, you're probably already playing it if you're listening to this. <laughs> it is the number one app on every, in, by all discernible metrics in every single mobile, uh, store. And it's free. It's free to play. I've also been playing Red Dead Redemption because it recently hit backwards compatibility on Xbox One, but I have not beaten it yet. So I'm not, I'll, I'm gonna, I was gonna wait until I beat it. Really talk about it again. So, but it's so fun. Great game. Best Western video game. By far. I can't think of any other. What can you think of other Western video games? Nothing's uh, just just Custer's Revenge. That's, <laughs> I mean, I that is a video game, and it is yeah, a West. It is a Western video game. Fits the criteria. It, you should have been more careful. It does. It, but that game is bad. Yes, of course it is. In many ways, mm-hmm. multiple ways, it is bad. Um, it's true. Red Dead Redemption is a great game, but got gotta catch them all. Come on, Eric. Mm, okay. You got to join Team Blue when you join, okay? Why do I have to join Team Blue? Because we're in Team Blue. Okay, you guys are? Yeah, we're Team Blue. I guess I should have... Team Mystic. Okay. I, I don't know what any of that is. There's three colors. But... You have to join a team. Yeah. Red, blue, or yellow. Yes. Blue. No, I'm... I'm... I'm going to join... I'm going to join Team Keyline. That's a printing joke. want to let the appropriate amount of silence pass by. Where, where's the cricket sound effect? You don't have that queued up. I do not have that queued up. I don't have the morning zoo radio sounds. I'm sorry. How many? Uh, how many Simpsons? How many Simpsons clips do you have at the ready? At the ready, none. That's a that's a bummer. I could get I could get them ready. It would just take a few moments. Okay, let's not do that. I I, I agree. That's how a how bad idea? How, yes, we don't need to embarrass ourselves anymore. We well, can, you don't. I'm I'm fine. Okay, we can move on. I think to our final segment. Sound good? Sounds fantastico. You didn't use the word. I was. I. I knew. I thought you were going to say ducky. You didn't say. Why ducky. would I? Why would I? Why would I say shucky ducky quack quack? You dork. Only no. here to say that. <laughs> you just the word ducky. You've said the word ducky before many times. I'm not, I'm not baiting you anymore. You sure? I'm sure. Baiting. <laughs> uh, 
I hate your guts. <laughs> it is time for our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign and read and discuss a longer collected work. Like you would at a book club. Uh, we are reading the reading. We are discussing the middle chapter of Transmetropolitan, which is volumes four through seven, issues nineteen through forty-two, uh, by Warren Ellis, Derek Robertson. It, it, getting into the meat of the story, of of the main, the you know, the Smiler as the main antagonist. What are your thoughts? What am I? Okay, that's how we're doing it. I wish this book wasn't as relevant as it is. Doesn't it just give you a fucking sadness? <laughs> About the Smiler? Uh, maybe not. Or just society. Necessarily him. Yeah, all the societal stuff. Particularly, like, I would say those last two or three issues just hurt to read. About the... Uh, uh, mental about illnesses? The, the mentally ill people mm-hmm. living on the street and the, the child uh, uh, prostitutes. I mean, I don't know anything about that being... I mean, I'm sure it happens. I don't know anything about that, but I know there are tons and tons of tons of of mentally ill people living on the street because I encounter them all the time. That at least is is at my forefront, and it makes me so goddamn sad. I feel like, particularly the towards this later chunk, you know, mm-hmm. when you get to like the 30s and 40s, it's starting to feel more like a Warren Ellis book. You know, the books end with that that sort of ice cold Warren Ellis cutaway, you know? Yeah. I, it, it doesn't feel like those first trans metropolitans and it feels like Warren Ellis more coming into his own. It feels more like the stuff I like him for. It feels more like the planetaries and, and less like, I don't know. It feels less reliant on shock. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it still has a lot of that, kind of layers and layers of gross adjectives to describe mm-hmm. things occasionally, but yes. it those are set dressing. Yeah. For the most part, they're not the focus. It's more right, it's more in the background. It's less about him eating caribou eyes. Looking at the what's her name? Yelena? Yeah. The Channon and Yelena. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at their their issue. Do you think they that they grow at all in character? They're this? more in, they're they're more interesting. I I I think they're incredibly unlikable, so that this lets them act more like people, and that makes me happy. But they do sort of just become, in a way, girl versions of him. This is all. This is really more about whatever statement uh, he's trying to make with Spider. You know, that's the that's the concept here. Even the whole world is is centered around him and his journalism. I mean, it, it. I mean, we discussed that last time that journalists don't really have the kind of power he has in this because I don't know. People don't read things. Of course, this is a futuristic science fiction world where they still print newspapers. Yeah, where printed newspapers are still relevant. Although it's not necessarily every like. There's some. I mean, they 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 have other means to read things. You know, mm-hmm. there's screens everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that they, I that made me think about like the you said journalist and he's it made me think of that scene where he's cornered on the street by a TV reporter who calls himself a journalist and calls Spider like someone who's pretending. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think even Spider talks about it at some 
at some point about how he's not even a real journalist. He's I, like, I sh- I'm really more like an opinion guy. Like mm-hmm. I'd have an opinion column, but I'm actually reporting more news than the actual reporters, which definitely that you say relevant. That makes me think of the news right now of how John Oliver, for instance, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. theoretically would be filling that role. Like of a, yes. he's like, Hey, it's opinion, but uh, you get more hard hitting journalism from him than you would get from an ABC news. I could definitely see the comparison to of this to uh, or what he does to John Stewart or John Oliver or Stephen Colbert. Yeah. It's like I I get that, and it it almost in that same that same section seems to call out the sort of NPR like here's the facts, here's what happened sort of approach to to news reporting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't think the world should exist without both of these things. Yes. Um, I was reading. I, I was reading an, an article the other, like, in the last week or two weeks ago, ju- about that schism. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a there is a schism in news journalists and, and and reporters and stuff about how actually do we present these things. Like, some people are like with. You have to have an opinion. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What's the point of doing it without an opinion, without a spin? And other people are like, no. And and it's very. I can't even begin to understand all the angles that people are coming at it from, just because I read one article about it. Um, but that it, this certainly represents the the opinion is necessary. Um, even though I agree with you, you need both for either of them to have mm-hmm. meaning. Um, but I just. I just definitely don't think I mean to be to 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 be held captive by any one person's or any one entity's biases doesn't really make sense that I think and but that's I mean most people aren't prepared to listen to several media outlets and watch news come in on Twitter or face like articles that are shared on Facebook or whatever you know I, I feel like most people just want to have their mind made up for them, which is why I'm a little bothered by that whole, you know, that whole slant. Like I want to think for myself and have a lot of different information and parse how I feel about it through a lot of people's opinions. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like most people are not necessarily re- ready for that much information or to be that complicated. Uh, do you th- think there's any room for reading nuance into this story about you know that issue do you think spider is i feel at times he is kind of trying to have his cake and eat it too Mm -hmm. the character i mean it it, and i i feel like that is intentional like i don't yeah i don't think spider himself is not a uh obviously not a, a i don't a good is he a good person i think he i think he has a lot of empathy for people yeah but he's, I don't know, he's completely out of his gourd and very cynical and... And violent. Yeah. Although it seems, it, 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 the world itself is, is presented in a way that his violence is, like, necessary because mm-hmm. these systems need to be upended and everyone, everyone on Earth are, everyone in this city seems to be, you know, anesthetized and, and, and docile and that kind of violence is necessary in response to the the actions of 
the, the smiler and the government and politicians mm-hmm. and stuff. So he's a necessary asshole. I think that is what the story is telling us. Mm-hmm. It certainly feels like it. And I can't disagree. He's, no. he in, in this place, he is a necessary asshole. I, I, I certainly have a lot more empathy with him now mm-hmm. than I did. Like they act, like he, one, he is, he cares about, like he was in that first three volumes we read. It only like towards that very end did we see him like have feelings and care at all about what he was doing. It would just seem like he was working a job until he could go back to his mountain. Yeah. And now it's, he seems connected and cares and is, he is working hard for a cause, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's part of what I was saying. The, the, the story is just completely evolved. You know, it's, it becomes more like, I think that, um, Ellis is a cynic, but I think he, he's got a lot of empathy in his heart for people, mm-hmm. you know, a lot like, a lot like spider in this. Like he doesn't, really shy away from putting in those mushy scenes like where he buys the little girl's toy back from the pawn shop you know like that's really incredibly saccharine but it's it's a good character moment and it i don't know he's absolutely out of his gourd but and i don't i don't think even i think that that's kind of why you come back to why he hates it in the city so much and i i think that I mean, he, he hates it not because he dislikes people, because I think he has a tremendous amount of empathy, even for the people that seem bad. Like when he calls them the new scum, it's not necessarily like out of maliciousness, but he he's just sort of sickened about how people just sort of do the wrong thing over and over and over again, and they can't be directed to do the right thing. That... He say, he 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 feels like he got out in front and said, "We can deal with this terrible president, you know, but this guy is a true monster." But that's that's kind of that's kind of what drives that sort of bitterness inside him. Do you agree or disagree? No, I I, I agree. It, it he's you know after um, Vita or Vita, Vita. Vita. I just Vita. I assume yeah. Vita. Yeah. Um, after her death, and you you see him cry. Yeah. And and also the addition of this illness that we don't necessarily know what it is, mm-hmm. but it's something. Um he is motivated. Um and do you th- do you feel like the book would have been better off if they had gotten to this point sooner? Mm. It's possible, but I don't know. You have to start with the premise and he had a lot of things to work out. I don't know. I don't mind that journey, but I think your question's a little bit different than what I'm answering. I don't know. I don't know how it would look any different. And I think it is important to do a lot of establishing the sort of grossness and lack of appeal that the world has. Right. Um, is the story more or less powerful? It, it would feel, I think, too sanitized without that first bit. I don't know. I, I mean the growth. Could, is could imp- you could important. you just start with you know nineteen? I I don't I I mean like that first year mm-hmm. is the is you know twelve issues is a long time theoretically yeah. and like I agree that the story gets better as Spider starts caring. Does it need that vacuum first that that negative space 
of of him for that's, it to matter? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I don't know. Yeah, I th- it's I, I don't know hard that it, to answer. Yeah, it, I don't know that it comes off as vacuum to me well, as I, much. I, as I mean, it, it definitely comes off as just very different. Yeah, I I don't mean necessarily vacuum as like a negative connotation as like poor in quality. I like mm-hmm. I just I think of it a lot of terms like whenever I think about things that you like I don't think about it when you listen to music but like when you're not hearing music mm-hmm. like when there's just silence yeah and the more like the silence the silence defines the music just as much as mm-hmm. the amount of like noise so thank you it, John Cage yep uh but that's what I mean like it's like the negative space it is it is mm-hmm world building and seeing spider be a jerk and you don't like him. And then suddenly something traumatic happens to him and now he cares and it wants to do something and wants to make a difference. And he's suddenly more empathetic and, and willing to show it. And, and see, I don't know that, I don't know that it really changed him, but it did sort of, I, and in my mind, at least he was always that person. Like that's what drove him up to the mountain. What got him away from people. Like, I don't think he started liking people after that happened, but it does sort of make it, it, maybe it did put him on his mission. I definitely, I I can, I can probably see eye to eye with that. And then I don't know, a book with like a character dedicated to this impossible mission Mm -hmm. is inherently kind of interesting. Yeah. What do you think of Smiler as an antagonist? He's kind of, he kind of feels like a layover from, the first bits of this book. Like I was just looking at, uh, issue 30 with, uh, it, and it features like the three of them, you know, the two filthy assistants and spider. And it also shows Royce. And I think like how cartoonish and corny they all were in those first 18 issues compared to here where they feel more human and more well-rounded, more like real characters. Right. Um, the hell, I've kind of lost your question in the shuffle here. What was it? I mean, I agree that like it has a, a sh- that shift in tone mm. where it that I feel like it's you're. I think it is right that suddenly things start mattering. Mm. But I feel I like that. I, I I think it's I I like that shift. Like it and it is. And I don't think I don't think it's just the story alone. I think the art itself, like there's less focus on gross yeah. stuff. Like I, we talked about that with like you see a lot of gross stuff just around, yeah. and this is much more. It's cleaner in a lot of ways. And when you do see something mm-hmm. gross, it is a there's a reason for it. It is not just noise. Yeah, it's um, it's got a lot more appeal than the original bits, which is I don't know. It it makes me a lot happier. It's a lot easier to read. It's a it's a world that feels better to be inside. So I think it's it's smarter. It I think what I was driving at with that stuff is that it was it feels like a shift away from a Garth Ennis book and finally becomes what I feel like a Warren Ellis book should feel like. Yeah, like it, it really almost feels like different creators. Yet it's the same artist and, and writer combination. Do you feel any I believe different? you were I believe you were asking me something about Callahan. Oh right. Yes. What I was that's yes. what I was driving at. Smiler. Was that he, yeah, he feels like a real holdover from 
the Garth Ennis influence of the beginning bits of the story. He feels like a preacher villain, like, oh, I'm the president. I'm masturbating on the American flag. And it's it's cartoonish and I don't care for it that I don't know. It, it's it's odd. It doesn't quite work for me. I don't know that I really like him as the villain, but it, it feels things sort of transpire and change in that very Warren Ellis way that the threat gets built up really huge and then it's solved really very easily by some incredibly brilliant means. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like killing that weird uh, pyramid god in uh, authority. the authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I don't... I think... I think the trouble with Smiler as a villain, mm-hmm. as Callahan as a villain, is that he, at his core, is... You know, he has the facade of the boring politician. Mm-hmm. You know, but at his core, he's a he's empty and a monster, and he just wants to destroy as many lives as he can. And there's no reason for it. Like the yeah. thing with the beast is that he, like he, and he, we, I mean, we get that scene where he is talking directly to Spider, and he's like, "My job is to make 51 percent of the nation survive, mm-hmm. and if 41, if 49 percent of the nation ends up." suffering for it so be it and like you may not obviously we and spider don't agree with that but Mm -hmm. you understand why he thinks that way you know he you can see the humanity in him when smiler is just wants to destroy and ruin people's lives just for the fun of it it it's hard to make a character like that that is a politician seem like fully formed like it's it's a difficult ask like, mm. we don't really see much of him. We only see, like, the things that he's orchestrating. You know, we don't, he's not doing, he's not on the front lines fighting with Spider about anything. He is just, uh, like, a, a guy sitting at a desk pulling legs off a spider or masturbating on the American flag. Like, neither of those things are tremendously offensive. Like, when, cause it's, they're so cartoonish. You know? I, I don't, he is a symbol. Yeah. Um, but, I think most of the other characters in this book serve in that regard, basically. Like, you talked about uh, Yelena and uh, Channon. Like, they kind of serve different, the same kind of purpose, but in different ways. It's everything is in regards to Spider. And I feel like a big, giant person that is a monster that has almost unlimited power is a way to have Spider go through you know, be, be, to become what we like the spider we enjoy so much mm-hmm. in this book, these books, plural. I don't really, I think Smiler is effective in that means, but I don't, he's not yeah. an interesting villain, you know, no, in the way that he's not. But I, I think that does he, does he change at all? There's more revealed about him. Do you think you've read these? I have not before. I know up to this point, I agree with you. I I just don't know if anything else happens with I the way you're don't describing remember, it. Honestly. I I remember okay. how the, I remember how the book ends. I do not remember all the stuff in between. Uh, I, my I don't think he does. Uh, I I don't think so. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know. Like most of the characters are kind of like ways to have Spider do something or show. Yeah. Like he has his assistants. Like it's a way for him to have. A family, mm-hmm. and us to have empathy and sympathy for them and him. Do you do, any changes in your thoughts about Robertson's art? There are a lot of pages that are beautiful. 
And that's kind of how I felt about the boys and basically everything that he's done is there are, there's some parts that look great and there's some parts that just look sort of mushy and gross and I don't care for them. And I don't know what that is. I don't know where it, it, it just feels like it changes so much, like it's so inconsistent. Like I'm looking at the credits of this book. Uh, this is number 42. Okay. And it might be the best looking one in the whole series up to this point. And I don't know if, because it looks like a lot of a lot of stuff with the inking is handled differently. And it's uh, Ronnie Ramos. Yeah. yeah, it's still Rodney Ramos who did almost all of it. Um, if not all of it, I'm not 100% on that, but I know. I believe he did all of it. Yeah, but it, it looks really different and really nice and more, more, more congruent with what I would imagine a Warren Ellis book, book looking like. I like I like this way more, but I mean it's not that I hate the other stuff, but it's cartoonish in a way that I don't care for. Mm-hmm. See, here he is again. Uh, here he is again on uh, thirty nine. Doesn't look like the same artist at all. Looks really different. It's cartoonish, and the drawing doesn't feel consistent. And people like their face shapes change, and you know, if it weren't for costumes and color, these wouldn't even look like the same people and that's kind of what bothers me about it maybe some of them are rushed and maybe some of them he spent more time on it's it's hard to say that's kind of my biggest complaint with it like i don't think it's any lack of talent consistency maybe i mean i don't know this the issue 42 is really really good looking like this page with spider in the crowd and then writing, lighting the cigarette and then walking off. That's a, a really beautiful page. I mean, it looks really indie comics and kind of ragged, but it suits this story really well. I wish the whole story looked like this, but a lot of it doesn't. And I don't know. It feels a little gimmicky and overblown and maybe they were really figuring out their formula. It's never really wretched and, it, it never bothers me a lot, but there's certainly pages and, and issues that look better than others. I don't, I might've even said this in our last episode, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I would like, I would like his art another another book, but mm-hmm. I, when I was reading this book, it never felt out of place to me. Yeah. It feels very much like it belongs in like Transmetropolitan yes. and this art are well suited for each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It never, like I've re- like there's Warren Ellis stories from the nineties, mid nineties, mm-hmm. mid to late, uh, in the lead run up to authority stuff he was doing for Wildstorm, um, where it is nineties ass art mm-hmm. and Warren Ellis is the same writer for the most part. I think yeah. A little, as he's gotten older, he's developed his skills, I think, and, and experimented more and, and different things and made it more interesting. Um, but he's still very smart and very talented. But mm-hmm. the art is just something I cannot, I just cannot enjoy. Yeah. And this is like, if this is just a traditional superhero story or whatever, I don't think I'd like this art. But because it is the trans metropolitan, I go, I like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's. I think Derek Robertson is uh, better suited to the boys, but it's it's really got that kind of like gross, sticky sort of feel to it, and his art's really well suited to that. I would prefer this to look a little a little cleaner and a little more 
I don't know, cyberpunky, right? You know, something that I associate with Ellis and less with this grossness. A lot of these cover artists, I think, would make better comics. I would love to see a Jaime Hernandez drawn Transmetropolitan. I was that gonna, would be amazing. I was going to ask you, what do you thought about that one issue where they had all those guest artists? Ah, that's one of my favorites. I really liked it. Had, I'm trying uh, to find it again. Had Frank Quietly and yeah, I loved the Quietly. I loved the. Uh, I liked that it was Brian Hitch that did the weird porno one. Yeah, here it is, issue thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah, it's so strange. It's a very strange issue, but the very fact that it has all these different artists all doing. This, you know these weird hallucinations yeah. and dreams and stuff it works really well it does it's lovely it's one of my favorites are you excited to read the rest i've definitely been surprised up till now um so i think yeah i i i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it up and really seeing where it goes yeah i'm i'm it does a, it's do, it has done a very good job of escalation mm-hmm. like a slow and steady of of and not necessarily go, going exactly where you expect it to mm-hmm. and I, I like spider now you know yep. at this point in the story you're like i'm rooting for you spider you're not necessarily a good good person uh you do good stuff but i don't you're crazy and you threaten people and do lots of drugs and drink and a lot and hurt yourself. Shoot them with guns that make their bowels fall out. That's Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't get shot by that thing. Anything else we, you want to touch on there? I don't think so. No, I, 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 I think that's, that's, that's good for this week. Yeah. It's just it's just weird we stop talking after four uh, before four hours go by. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, folks, that was uh volumes four through seven of Transmetropolitan. Uh, next week we are doing volumes eight through ten. Uh for issues forty three through sixty finishing Transmetropolitan. But then who knows what's after. Could be anything. It's a mystery. But read along with us finishing up Transmetropolitan. I believe that will finish this podcast up for this week another one in the books eric oh, another one in the can we are the handsome boys comics hour you can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com uh new episodes downloadable and streaming links to all of our social media facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour twitter at hbc hour and email us handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com if you like the show uh if you like us Please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever <laughs> podcast service you use. There generally is a way you can uh, rank us, and we would appreciate it if you did all those good things. It really helps us out. Helps new find new people find us. We appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at Mixmaster Serial. That's M I X M A S T E R C E R E A L. Eric, where can we find you and your things online? Super good question, Robbie. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and many of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as EasyGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at MrBadExample, spelled M-R-BadExample. Badow. But you have to say it now. Badow. Thank you for that. <laughs> With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>